Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the opportunity to worship in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts, that we will grow and live thereby. We thank you and honor you for this opportunity to speak into the lives of your people. We thank you and honor you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are into our final, our final, our last episode of this series entitled Family Five. And we are excited to have gone through uh, this series. We are looking at the fact that there are certain things that a family can do to bring about success in their family. We I, di I didn't realize how important it is until I had a family of my own that we could express to one another how important not only one another are, but also how important it is for us to be encouraging one to another. Um, we are looking at, again, this fifth episode of this, and we're going to talk about how important it is for us to support one another in the endeavors to create a family atmosphere that will allow us to go forward as a family. We've gone through five, I mean four, we've gone through four episodes so far. And now that we are in the fifth episode, let me rehearse real quickly in your ears the other episodes that we have gone through. The first episode that we talked about, we talked about putting God first. We talked about putting God first. And that is so important to us that we do that. And the next episode was that we have to provide for each other. We have to provide an environment whereby each one of us can be supportive of each other and, and not only that, but we also look for an opportunity by which we can encourage one another, be there for one another. And then the next one that we talked about was we have to have conversations about God. And in those conversations, if you remember that, we talked about that you talk about them when you get up in the morning. You talk about them when you're walking. You, talk, we, you just always find opportunity to talk about God. Then the next, or well, last week, we talked about serve each other. And when we talked about serving each other, we were talking about looking for opportunities to be of service one to another. And finally, 
The fifth one is not necessarily grammatically correct, but I think it gets the point across. That we aren't to be stingy with our grace. That we aren't to be stingy with our grace. So today we're going to be looking at what's, what is stingy and talking about also what is grace. And as we look into this today, we are going to, we are going to find out that it is easy to say and sometimes easy to do, but most of the time it's not easy to do. Because when folks get on your nerves, you don't want to be gracious. Okay, when folks get on my nerves, I don't want to be gracious. I just want them to leave me alone. But that might just be me. I know y'all are a little bit ahead of me on that curve. But when folks get on my nerves, my nerves just don't like to be with, with people. So with that being said, we're going to go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. We're going to start at the 20th verse. Ephesians the fifth chapter, we're going to start at that 20th verse. We're going to be in the English Standard Version. Because uh, uh, I'm having a little technical difficulty right now. So Ephesians, the fifth chapter, starting at the 20th verse. It says this, it says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husband, husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Ephesians uh, 6 chapter, starting at verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And then it concludes with, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So the first thing that I want to address is, what is stingy? What is stingy? And I want to give you a second to think about it. Because all of us are stingy. When you went in the cupboard and, and found the last favorite family cookie, and you know everybody else going to want a piece, instead of offering it, you go high, you go act like you got to go use the restroom, and so you can go in the bathroom, and you go ahead and eat the cookie to yourself. I, I'm just talking about me. I ain't talking about nobody else. Don't look around. Look straight ahead. and Nobody know I'm talking about you. You, 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 I, I know I'm the only one that does that kind of thing. I, 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 I got another one I'm going to tell on myself about. I remember one time that I, uh, this happened a long, long time ago. Uh, the statutes of limitation are probably over with, so I, I won't get in too much trouble. But I remember one time my mom made a cake, and I had, I, I'm an analyst by heart. And so what I did is, I actually cut the center of the cake, and then I pushed the cake together, and then I made sure that the frosting was okay because I love, I, I used to love, well, I still do, but I can't eat it as much. I love some German chocolate cake. And I pushed that cake together. Mom was like, something ain't right with this cake. I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> but because... When you're stingy, you only are looking out for yourself. To the point that you don't care about no one else. Now, I just, you know, I'm just thinking about now. I don't know if mom was making that cake just to make it now or was it a special occasion. If it's a special occasion, I'd have messed up the special Well, I ain't messed up because I was happy because I had to jerk. Well, anyway, so my, my point is, is that. Although in most of my titles, I don't like using a negative because our brain does not react to a negative the way that we think it will. So when we talk about the word stingy, we're talking about doing things that only benefit ourselves and knowingly not looking to benefit those that are around us. Have y'all ever, well, I'm, I'm the oldest, so I'm a, I understand a little bit different, but you decided to put something together or decided to do something, and then your younger brother or sister come up to you, and then they want to play with it, and then guess what, they, guess what you get told? Go ahead and let them play with it. And I'll be like, yes, but on my inside, I'd be like, you know what? If mama wasn't looking at us right now, you'd have two black eyes and a bloody nose. Because you saw me over here, and you don't come over here. And so our nature, our desire, is to only take care of ourselves. And so we want to realize that about ourselves and understand in a family that it is not about me, it's about we. I'm going to say that again. In a family, it is not about me, it's about we. 
You know, I just thought about it. If you take that M and flip it upside down, that's what, that's what you do. You make it from a me to a we. And we realize that sometimes when I have made it about we, that the thing that I really want to do is not the best thing for the we. I could have cut the cookie or broken up the cookie and offered the cookie instead of running into the bathroom. And I could have waited until, or I could have asked, I probably got told no because it was like late at night, but anyway, for, for a piece of cake. But in it, the, the, the thing that I want us to realize is that we can know when we're stingy is because most of the time when you get stingy, you get another word involved. Sneaky. When you want to be stingy, you also be sneaky because you know that is not the way you're supposed to do business. So you try to hide it. You try to do. You try to be on the sly, and you you know you just try to work it out so don't nobody really realize what's going on. But when we get switch our minds from the me to the we and say, I have to benefit our entire family with my actions. And when you get that type of mindset, what you begin to do and see is that the next word that we're going to talk about, grace. Grace is... I know we heard it that it's, it's this, this unmerited favor. It's this favor that we do not deserve. But I, I kind of don't totally agree with that. It's because if you are a child of God, then it is something that you deserve, but it's nothing that you can earn. you catch that in a minute. If you're God's child, then... Because you're God's child, there's a level of favor that you deserve because you are his child. But there's nothing that you can do to earn the favor. And so sometimes we make people feel negative or, or feel bad about God showing them favor because we say that it's, 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 it's a favor that you don't, uh, uh, unmerited favor. Yes, I, I haven't done anything to do that. But if we just say that it's this, this divine favor that I get. It's this divine empowerment that I receive in order to accomplish what God has for me to accomplish. And that's what grace does. Grace is able to show you favor in the midst of every situation. One of the scriptures that ran through my mind just now is that uh, I believe it's uh, Romans 520. Uh, it says where sin abound Grace did that much more abound. So where sin showed up and tried to pull me down and, and drive me down, God's favor and his grace did much more and covered me in the midst of whatever that transgression was. See, grace goes beyond. Grace covers up, but grace does not give permission to. Grace gives you the opportunity to repent or to change your direction, or to do a course direction so that you can go in the right direction. We have to pick it up in our minds that in the midst of a family, there, there are times when things happen where there's conflict and there's confusion and there's uh, uh, 
anger and, and, and things like that, but we cannot allow it to become greater than the power of the we. We have to rob, we have to uh, give out grace abundantly. We have to give out grace, uh, extra grace, because it's in the family. If we can show the show grace in the family, it becomes much easier to show grace to other people. Because family, they don't care if you're a multi-billion-dollar. Uh, athletes, superstar, you still pooter or cooter or scooter or whatever they called you when you was growing up. It doesn't matter. And and if you start acting up, they'll they'll hit you with the I remember, right? They'll say, I remember before you got this contract how you used to act. I remember when you used to poop all over yourself and somebody had to change your you know, they'll go back and bring see family don't 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 play that. Family brings out all that and it's becomes this environment whereby you we need or we we desire to have that level of acceptance in our family whereby we feel that we can be who we are as we look at the scriptures I, i'm not going to hold y'all too long today as we look at the scriptures that we just went over if you notice we've been we've been in ephesians 5 for a long time and guess what we're going to be in next month Ephesians 5. I told you we're going to be talking about family oh, the majority of this month. And so we're going to be here again. And, and actually, as I was preparing next week's stuff the other day, I started getting myself confused. I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I, not, no, I got to talk about that next week, not this week. But anyway, so the point I want to bring out is that as Paul was writing this in Ephesians 5, he, he wasn't just saying fathers do this. Mothers do this, children do this. He was bringing out the fact that we all have a part. We all have an opportunity. We all have a, a participatory responsibility into showing grace one to another. And we don't hold it back because it hurts our feelings, hurts our emotions. But as we give grace, guess what we receive? Grace. In fact, our memory verse tells us that if we give, it'll be given back to us in a good measure, right? And so we want to be graceful. We want to give grace. We want to give favor. We want to give uh, uh, something that you don't deserve, but I'm going to give it anyway so that we can maintain a level of responsibility, a level of uh, of, 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 of connection in our family so that as we go through life and situations show up that we as a family can turn back to back and fight off anything that's trying to overcome us. The problem has become that we have taught ourselves as a nation that is all about you and it's all about what you're able to do. And, and you can do whatever you want to accomplish. And we, re, we, re, we have removed or uh, dis, diminished the fact that we all need somebody. Yes. We all need somebody. We need one another. And because of this, we have now set up this where 
when folks leave, they leave happily. They run and they go and they, and they never look back. And they get to the point where they don't even care or have forgotten about what it was like to be in the family. But if we start today showing this is the place where you messed up, but you're still part of the family. We're not going to treat you like everybody else treats you because you are a part of the we. Now, I don't, I, I always have to do a disclaimer because folks will take something I say and they'll run with it because I said what they wanted to do in the first place. Now, one of the things that I want to point out is that you have to give out grace to receive grace. Give, and it shall be given. So you have to be a person that is willing to give unmerited favor, unearned favor, giving them the benefit of the doubt, and even in the midst of the doubt, you still are giving them the benefit, and then we allow them to change because of love. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of faults. But we are not going to allow ourselves to be put in a predicament where we become uh, uh, abused because we are showing grace. There are certain limitations. One of the things that my lovely bride does with the people that she uh, encounters, she talks to them about establishing boundaries. And boundaries are not for the folks around you. Boundaries are for you. Boundaries are to keep you in a state of, what's the word I want to use? A state of not being flustered, not being, there it is, a state of peace. Thank you, lovely. We, we have to find this for ourselves. We can give out grace, and, but there's, a, there's some Boundaries that have to be established so that folks know, don't you go past this boundary. Now, we can't say, I'm, I'm going down this alley and I ain't going to stop. We cannot say that I'm not, I'm not going to follow a boundary because... I just don't feel like it because we've had boundaries all of our lives. Boundaries provide us with guidance. Boundaries provide us with directions. Now, one of the things that I have learned because of, of growing up and also having children is that every one of us loves to a point to see if the boundary is going to be enforced. Now, some of us will just stick a toe over the line. And, and, and then when, when we get restricted, then we'll pull our foot back and we don't worry about it no more. Some folks are like that. There are some folks that will stick a whole leg over the line. And then they'll, they'll stomach. And there's some folks that will jump over the fence, run as far as they can, and then say, I didn't, I didn't know that's what you meant. All right. I'm talking from personal experience on that one. And so then once you get corrected, then you 
make the adjustments so that you know the direction that you will have to go. Where, where we're running into problems is, is that we are allowing those that are part of the family to not, uh, not to have or, or, or to uh, establish boundaries or that are not congruent or not in line with the mentality of the family. And, and so what it leads to, it leads to this stingy attitude where it's all about me. Now, I know I said that boundaries are for you and so that you can have peace. But there's also this environment of peace that we establish by ensuring that everyone understands the boundaries. So what we want to do is we want to provide grace, not to cause people to feel like every time they violate the boundary that they're going to get hammered, but say, come on back, let's get this thing together so that you can know that we're going to love you and we're going to help you, we're going to assist you, but most of all, that we're going to discipline you when you violate whatever it is that you violated at the time. So we want to create this environment whereby we, you, you know that in the family that you can mess up and you're still going to be a part of the family. But you, to know that, you have to experience it. You have to feel that. Because a lot of times when we violate something, we already know that we've done wrong. And our expectation is what? Condemnation. But the way that the kingdom works, we don't work in condemnation. We work in conviction. Now, in our society, we have made conviction to sound like a bad word because most of us hear that the person is convicted of and then given this punishment. But conviction means to change direction, to change focus, to change how they're going forward. That's why when you get convicted, you get a sentence. So what we want to do in our families and in the kingdom mentality is to say, we're not putting you down for what you did, but we're com compelling you to change and go in a different direction. This is, again, why Paul was saying, hey, wives, do this. Hey, husbands, do this. Hey, children, do this. And I love that last verse. Ephesians 6 and 4 has, has to me, has become like a, a mental clarion call for me. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so he's saying, fathers, do not create this atmosphere that will cause your children to be flustered, feel neglected, feel that they're not a part of, because what they will do is they will go find some place to be a part of. They will find something to get the connection that they want. They will leave and they will cause more issues if you provoke them to anger. 
So it says, don't provoke them. Do not cause situations to, that, that will cause them to become angered and frustrated. Now, you know what? I hear all y'all ladies hollering, y'all wives hollering at me right now. I know it, it frustrates you too, but the, the point that I want to bring out is most of the time y'all not going to leave. Y'all going to try to stay there and help your husband, the husband, but the children, they will, at a, it's possible at a very young age, they can say, I can't wait to get away from this family. I can't wait. And what they will do is disconnect themselves. And then when they disconnect themselves, that is provides the enemy opportunity to come in and provide them with a connection. That is why we're having gangs. That's why we have uh, uh, all this stuff going on with the gangs and, and, and the situations with that is because children are looking for connection. And Paul's saying, listen, fathers, if you create an environment that is welcoming, that is full of grace and mercy, what you will have is an environment that will build up your children. And so if you are building up your children, you will also be building up your household because the father will provoke the children and the children will not go to the father. Guess who they go to? They go to the mother. And so the mother, who is an incubator, takes in all this, and it becomes a, a fester in her, and it becomes frustrating to her because she ends up becoming the go-between, the tennis ball between how the husband, father works with the rest of the family. So fathers, do not provoke, do not provocate, do not cause an environment in your household that will cause your children to be angry and that's why paul says but if you do i think it was what we talked about episode number three have daily conversations about god then guess what you will be bringing them up in discipline and instruction of the lord but it will also do as you're doing that it will cause you to change so that you are not causing this anger to manifest we have to be about changing the environment around us. There are people that are looking at our family configurations and saying, I either want to be like that, or I don't be like that, or thank God I ain't like that. And so we want to create an environment where they want to have what we have, because then we can introduce them to get what we have, which is Jesus in our lives. And so, again, as we are closing this one out, we are not to be stingy with our grace. We are to provide a gracious environment where we are. Because that is one of the things that God desires for us to do, is to have a foundation of grace. It's just like we have received it from him that we distribute it out to those that we encounter and that we deal with. All right? Now, with that being said, I do want to say, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's, that's, that's part of the complication that, that, that we're having. We have to get the proper order in our lives and when we get the proper order in our lives, it then sets up the proper order for the things that are around us. So the first 
order of business for your life is to have Jesus in your life. The Bible says it like this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And what saved means is rescued and delivered. And what that is implying or what that is telling you is the fact that when you accept Jesus in your life, you no longer are under the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we want you to be in an abundant life situation because you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So the confess with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, and with the heart, belief is unto righteousness. So we want you to be right in right standing with God and to also have the mindset to change on how you're going to live your life. And with that being said, we want you to understand that we don't want you to operate in this in, in, with a mindset of you have to do this by yourself. We are going to come alongside you. We're going to assist you along this journey because this is not an individual sport. This is a team event. So we're going to come alongside you and assist you along that journey. And for us to assist you, we ask that you will contact us. Yeah, and and the, the simplest way to contact us is via email at info at godshousecc.com. That's info at godshousecc.com. And we will get with you, provide you with the information that, that is necessary to assist you along this journey, and we will be there for you. That's, again, that's info at godshousecc.com. Email us, and we will get along and be alongside you along this journey. Well, friends and family, that is the end of this series, Family Five. And we were talking about the five foundations to a godly home. And we want you to run with this, be with this, and next month, we're going to focus on a different aspect of the family. And I'm not going to give you too much extra detail, but the name of the next series is called Some Assembly Required. Some Assembly Required is the next series that we will start on next Sunday. And the focus is on husbands and wives. I know I wasn't going to say it, but it's just so bubbling in me right now. And so with that being said, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.